Laura. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Today, we're just... We're just going to throw a shark at all of this. And to help me get that shark safely back in the ocean where it belongs is Nick Jimenez. So, Nick, is My Super Ex-Girlfriend a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? I believe that My Super Ex-Girlfriend is a movie that should be remade. All right. So, we are talking about, I was just joking before we actually were recording, I assume not your favorite movie of all time. I So, the origin story behind this episode... Sam and listener is (laughs) I actually thought of this as an episode I I should I could do about a year ago oh I I was just the idea just caught and you know well we'll, we're gonna get into it we'll talk about it uh but I actually hadn't seen the movie yet so you wanted to remake the movie prior to having seen the movie yeah I wanted to remake it just based on the premise of what if an ordinary unextraordinary dude dated a superhero cool i love it i mean it's and, a fun movie pre- premise just in general and then to find out that it already exists you're like oh great yeah because you know as a kid who went to the movies every weekend in the 2000s i vividly remember the trailer for my super ex-girlfriend you know oh, like yeah. like you know you referenced it earlier but uma thurman tosses a cg shark into luke wilson's like loft apartment and it's like the worst slash best cg ever <laughs> it is wild mm-hmm. it's like i so i remember those ads as well and but like it's one of those things that had just like kind of faded deep deep yeah. into the recesses of my mind because then you heard it was bad i i don't remember hearing anything it just, oh, okay. i was like I oh that seems like a movie and then just like it like it never hooked me in any way i remember this was i remember it getting like you know a nine or a 20 or whatever it has on rotten tomatoes and i i avoided it even though i saw everything but yeah i never saw this until last year to prep for an ideal an ideal remake episode i was about to dm you about oh yeah and then literally scott messaged me as i was in that process and was like hey we're getting ready to do uh, halloween's coming up do you want to do nightmare on elm street with me oh got it and then i completely put this on the side and so i'm glad i finally get to you know pitch that it makes to you sense. that was a great episode that was a lot of fun that was like great if- Listener, if you haven't uh, gone back and listened to the, the Halloween episodes, like, you have to listen to the Nightmare on Elm Street episode. It's two episodes for the price of one, and it's the best. Yeah, and I, know, I haven't told you this yet, but I did, uh, you you messaged me off mic, and it was like, hey, you should, like, try writing your your script. And I did. I got, well, not, I didn't finish it, but I did get, like, you know, 20-something pages in, and then that thing happens. I'm sure it happens to you all the time as a writer, where you just kind of run out of gas or something mm-hmm. else happens. But I, I want to get back to it. Yeah, I have a, a a script that, for lack of a better name, is called Holographic World. And I'm just like, mm. I'm 20 pages in and I'm just like, but what happens next? I right. know yeah. I know the last 40 to 50 pages, but the next 20 to 30 are killing me. Right, it's like those like middle steps. Ugh, yeah. That's the killer. We'll get there eventually. So you watched this movie for the purpose of eventually remaking it. What did yes. you think? Prob- it, it To me... It exemplifies the worst 
of like the 2000s era of comedy. Yes. Like, you know, like, and not to, you know, cause like it's, it's just, it's not funny, which is the worst thing. But yeah. on top of all that, just like, you know, so misogynistic and. Oh my God. Just the way that it handles the premise of like, of course, you know, boring white toast Luke Wilson is owed a relationship with a superhero. Like, I mean, it's been six months since he broke up with his last crazy girlfriend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, I, I like. I, go, I also haven't seen this in a year. I didn't rewatch it. No, oh, fair. I can't imagine you would have enjoyed it a second time. But, but yeah, I remember a big <laughs> chunk of this movie is Luke Wilson like moaning about the women in his life and how crazy they are. Correct. To, to Rain Wilson. At Rain the gym. Wilson is a monster. Like Rain Wilson is such an absolute asshole in this movie that I genuinely think less of him as a human being. Sure, for like it, 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 it pierced through the character, correct, and infected the person. Rain correct. Wilson. It, it's like it's like me and Nate Jacobs from Euphoria. Like fair. I'm sure he's a lovely dude, but like whenever I see him doing hot ones or something, I'm like, oh, I don't like that dude. <laughs> yeah exactly basically but like yeah but he's so and that kind of that character you know the rain wilson character i feel like is very much a product of the 2000s like the obnoxious like man you just gotta put, put your dick in something or like women yeah. or for yay put it you know hit it and quit like you know i don't he has some of the grossest lines i've ever heard so much so that like i don't want to repeat them because I, like i recoiled upon hearing them i was like yeah. oh that's cringy don't say that out loud yeah, it's or like in your head. It's like if you were if you were hearing that guy talk at like the booth next to you or like above you at the movies or, and you know, you'd be like, yeah. oh God, like get me out of here. Or like you'd record him and like he's one of those people that you hear one sentence from him and you know just how invested he is in NFTs. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's like I would very be much on the crypto. Very much. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, yeah. And it's an interesting premise. And and it's almost like they take this incredibly interesting character, like one of the first female superheroes at of, like to, in cinema. And they're like, yeah, but all women are crazy. Am I right? This guy gets it. <laughs> no. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. That is very much the tone of like the whole movie is like women are crazy. They don't know what they want. They they're self-sabotaging and like you're right the juxtaposition of like unfortunately yeah uma thurman as g girl is one of the first big female superheroes we got you know we got g girl before we got wonder woman yeah and she's like presented as this like crazy man eater just so unsympathetic i think for so much of the movie yeah like basically almost from day from day one, it's like, oh my god, the dream girl. She's just so sexy and is just into like crazy shit. Like, oh my god, amazing. Mm-hmm. And then like immediately is ridiculously possessive. Right, like a switch is flipped on. Yeah, and it's like, all right. And it, so much of it is played of like, yeah, but like all women are like this, right? I'm gonna tell jokes in the '90s, and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go high five right. the crowd. They're like, we know, <clears throat> like we the guys know, we know what's we know this yeah, is all yeah, yeah. Now. And poor Anna Faris. Like, she's oh, trying yeah. so hard in this movie. And she's doing a great job, but it's like they gave her well, less such than a, nothing. What's such a bummer about Anna Faris's character, aside of, like, Anna Faris being, like, a, like such a great comedian and such a great, like, comic actor, mm-hmm. but 
She, the character that's been written for her by Don Payne, one of the writers of the, of the first Thor movie, is the ultimate, like, well, what's the phrase the kids are saying? Like, the me girl, pick me girl. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm understated. Oh, I'm not like Uma Thurman. I'm just like, whatever. I'm humble and I'm just soft spoken. I'll support you no matter what. I'm just the girl at the cubicle next door. I'm just the girl at the cubicle next to you and I'm kind of quirky and I'm clumsy. And I'm going to do these weirdly sexy things, and but I'm dating right. this other guy. Oh, it, yeah. And the, Wanda, the running joke of Wanda Sykes keeps thinking that Luke Wilson is like sexually harassing Anna Ferris. Right. And it's like, she literally walks in and goes, he was staring at your, a- your ass. And like, when I was looking up quotes for this, it said, <laughs> Anna Ferris goes, uh, like, it, like, it's like, oh, really? I like and, it. Uh, it's okay. I, like... It's fine. And <laughs> Wanda Sykes <laughs> is like, no. No. No, it's not okay. And the movie is so clearly, you know, positioning Wanda Sykes as like the, you know, over the top. Oh, can you believe she's on Luke Wilson's case nonstop about yeah. not sexually harassing his coworker? At some point, Luke Wilson refers to her as homegirl, and that is not okay. Right. Yeah. That was, yeah. And it's it's cringy. Don't, don't watch this. There's a moment where Anna Ferris gets, or no, I'm sorry, where Luke Wilson gets a splinter in his finger and Anna Ferris goes, I'll take care of that. Puts the finger in her mouth and sucks the splinter out. Yeah, like, just, and it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just your friend. I'm your friend. Anytime you want someone to like put your thumb in in their mouth, I'm here for you. Yeah, uh, but, I'm just dating this crazy hot guy. Oh, what's that? You're suddenly unavailable. <gasps> my oh. super, my supermodel boyfriend cheated on me. Oh no, now I'm available, which is a trope I absolutely hate. Right, for sure. Like as soon as she's available, it's like. On, or no, that, it's like the person that you are interested in is unavailable. Oh, okay. but at some point, the person that they're with is bad for them, and you know that because they're going to cheat on because right. they're going to cheat. And it's like, like I know that that happens. It it sucks when it happens to you. But like of all the lazy conflict right. avoiding, you've seen it much more recent. Is there a scene where like Anna Ferris is crying on the phone, and Luke Wilson's like, "Hey, what's ha- What's wrong? What happened?" He's like, "Oh, my." boyfriend off camera like cheated on me yep that's exactly what happens okay i feel like that that's always how it's always off camera it's always like Mm -hmm. off camera cheated on her Mm -hmm. and then luke wilson goes over and then they real and like while she's dealing with the emotional ramifications of that that's when they hook up and it's like (laughs) ah right yeah like every yeah they wake up in the morning and a shark gets thrown at them yes and it's because, like, oh, my gosh, how – oh, yeah, the, so the premise of basically uh, Ivan Reitman's My Super Ex-Girlfriend, R.I.P. Ivan Reitman, um, don't enjoy Duncan on. Uh, he very much alive when I first came up with doing this. Um, Look, dead people can have bad ideas, yeah. too. I, you know, if it's, anything, it's, it happens a lot. For sure. And you know what's cool is this was, A, not his last movie, and, B, he directed a really good movie after this called No Strings Attached. Right. With Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. So go see that instead. But no, like (laughs) the lens of his movie, the joke is like, wouldn't it be crazy if you, a guy, because all movies are for guys. Correct. um, We're dating this hot girl, uh, like like superhero, but then she goes crazy and now she's like, you know, ruining your life and ruining your new relationship. And just that being the premise of my super ex-girlfriend is just like really disappointing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to hear what new take you you have for this this premise. I have a couple ideas of where we can go. Cool. But it was a movie that it's a movie that comes out in the early 2000s, and then yeah. 
it relied so heavily on like 90s stuff like they played freaking uh i i I messaged you a couple times while i was watching this oh i saw that be a puddle of mud the first the first time i messaged you i was like is that eddie izzard yeah and i immediately knew what you were talking about eddie izzard is in this movie Mm -hmm. i guess eddie izzard plays uh dr bedlam dr doc professor bedlam oh professor bedlam my bad aka barry the Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) <laughs> Uma Thurman's best friend from when she was in high school until she got superpowers and left him behind. Even that, like every aspect of this movie is like a tenet of like kind of toxic masculine mindsets. Yeah. Be- because Professor Bedlam is the like, she didn't notice me because I was a nerd and that's her fault. And now I'm like going to punish her by being her supervillain. But then it- he gets her at the end. They're dating at the end. Because he was obsessed with her, yeah, and, and like, it's like obsession him. meets obsession, and it's like, oh, great, clearly, yeah. I'm, isn't it nice that that creepy little nerd got his like girlfriend prize at the end? Yeah, and then Luke. So at some point, Luke Wilson breaks up with uh, Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I can't. And she like is theoretically like trying to kill him, basically. Yeah, and they start playing Puddle of Mud. She fucking hates me, <laughs> which is you know, just. Uh, on, it's like somewhere between on the nose and destiny. It is very on brand. Mm-hmm. Like when else could a, could this song be used in a movie? Yeah, but she basically, like, yeah, it, she she does, and so stuff happens, and Uma Thurman's yeah. trying to kill him, and so Luke Wilson teams up with uh, Eddie Izzard, Professor Bedlam, in order to mm-hmm. try to like take her powers away and make it so she can't try and kill him anymore. Yeah. It's a whole crazy convoluted mess because then he also starts hooking up with Anna Faris, but then like Uma Thurman finds out and he tells Anna Faris to get out of town, but Anna Faris shows up. They find a weird rock to take away her powers, but then Uma Thurman and Anna Faris both get powers. Oh no! So it becomes now like a cat both. fight. Yeah, it's uh, well, you can't have um, uh, a woman fight a man in a movie because it's unlikable. Right. No, and you also can't have two women be just platonic, like friends. Mm-hmm. They would never have done this in the movie, but as soon as the two of them had superpowers, I was like, oh, cool. So those two are going to get together because they're oh, the yeah. only people who can be on each other's level. For sure. I feel like that would be a long shot, but still possible in 2022. But, like, definitely the ending that this movie deserved. Yeah. Is, like, it sucks that, yeah, this movie ends with Luke Wilson just, like, getting with any kind of, like, you know, romantic partner at the end. Yeah, he's not. Well, no, it sucks that Rain Wilson gets a romantic partner at the end. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, she had Anna, Anna Ferris had a friend. No, he hooks up with the bartender. Oh, there was Ferris the bartender. Has like Anna Ferris is a a free floating agent no who friends, had a boyfriend and no then she family. doesn't. No friends, no family. <laughs> yeah. Rain Wilson continually hits on a bartender. She it's, keeps telling him to stop. fuck off. Don't do. I'm at work. At, you know, and yeah, at the end he's like, "I just kidding. I liked it the whole time." But he, but he wears her down. Yeah. And, he, just, and yeah. on IMDb, that bartender's credit, like what that actress's credit at the character she's playing mm-hmm. is Shapely Bartender. The yeah. character's name is Shapely Bartender. Yeah. No, it's. Couldn't come up with a fucking name. Couldn't, couldn't, Bartender. Yeah. Bartender. Shapely bartender. Just had to, it's... yeah. The screenwriter Don Payne just had to squeeze in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. worry, she was, she was, she, she was hot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... that way, that way, casting knows. Oh, hire someone hot in case yeah, you weren't yeah. going to already. Right, in case this wasn't already Hollywood. Oh shit! I was gonna hire someone just like unconventionally 
just like normal looking. Can't oh, can't okay. do that. Cool. Well, Get the just, fuck out of here. It's you're, shape- you're so fired. It says shapely in the script. I don't know what you want me to do. My hands are tied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's it's great. I feel like if this movie, you know, because it just like flew by. I mean, like no one remembered this movie, but it's weird that if something like this came out in 2022, I feel like people would be much more like kind of like we are like, what the hell is this? It's just weird how far, yeah. you know, cause now even like, you know, commercial comedy, when I think of like big mainstream comedy now, I think of like, like date night or the game night or, uh, the after party. And even then, like the, the conversations those characters have are so much more nuanced about like relationships and stuff now. Yeah. Or they're like hanging up, a putting a lantern on all of it. Like I literally watched free guy last night for the first oh, time. And yeah. they do that a little bit too, where like the Ryan Reynolds, like video game character is kind of like doing a lot of like the cliched stuff and the actress is go- falling for it because it's cliche and mm-hmm. because she's in a movie, but it's all also kind of like, what, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. They're being tongue in cheek about it a little bit. Yeah. Like you, I don't think you could make this movie as it was made then without being tongue in cheek. Right. Yeah. It is. It is such an interesting artifact for something that, to me, doesn't feel that far away. Two thousand and six. But like, I guess it is. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of apparent when you watch a movie. Even if you watch something like Twenty One Jump Street, which is only ten years old, it feels a lot more progressive than this. Yeah. I. Yes, I think so. Which is probably why they were like, "Oh, uh, people don't like this." Put it away. Oh, this bombed pretty bad. People hated this. So I feel like for our version, there are a couple different things we can do. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we could go full Superman, Lois Lane dynamic of Mm -hmm. they start the, like you start the movie and they're already dating. Yes. I think my version has that as well. We open kind of in media res of they've been dating for a while. And like they have this established dynamic. Mm -hmm. And you can even have it be like, They've been dating for a while, but Lois Lane still doesn't know Superman's Clark Kent. That's sort oh, of thing. yeah, like, like the secret identity angle. And then it could even turn out that the Anna Faris character is the superhero. It's the oh, that, okay, the, yeah, the friend at the office, like Clark Kent, Lois Lane's friend at the office, turns out is Superman, the guy she's dating. Right. Yeah. Which is a whole extra level of creepy, which we could talk about. But mm-hmm. like, we could go that way. Or we can have them meet in the movie, but then there's got to be, I don't know. It's such a razor's edge we have to walk. Right. Yeah. My So my kind of, what kind of made me think of even this being an interesting story or thing to remake sure. is the idea of, I'm kind of in my head, like superhero in this movie is kind of code for like public figure or like okay. celebrity. And I'm really fascinated with this thing, especially with social media. We have so much more access to people's lives. And like when someone famous is in a relationship with someone who isn't famous and that inherit how everyone kind of gets to judge that relationship. Yeah. Like, um, like as a guy, I, I like me and me and my friends kind of like joke about this, but like, you know, it's like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez like posts like, like a Christmas, like here's me and my boyfriend a few years, like, you know, and he's just like a regular dude. <laughs> and we're like, who's that guy? Like, why is, you know, and other people are like, Oh, she can do so much better. You know, people do that all the time where they're like, yeah. why is this person with this person? They can do so much better. And so it's funny. The idea of like a dude dating, like a superhero and the internet hating him. Well, it's the sort of thing that like, I, I have a friend who's very much in the camp of like, 
there Su- Superman should never date Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Superman should only date Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It's like like need that it's like, unfair. equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, but Maybe he's just not interested in Wonder Woman? I don't... Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's just as like, a human. You need, yeah. No, he needs to be dating someone as famous as he is. Right, yeah. That's so unrealistic. Because, like, you know, you're attracted to who you're attracted to. Yeah, and, and like, so this big famous superhero wants to date a reporter. That's fine. Right, yeah. A Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, I might add. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah. Like, so the idea of, like... So I guess in this version, he would have to know that she was a superhero. Because it would be like the reason in my version, the reason they break, he breaks up with her is he's like, I can't deal with the pup being in the public eye anymore. Okay. So, but you, so for our purposes, you do want them to start the movie already dating. I think, yeah, I think either way, I think that's a cool, cause I don't know. I don't know what a meet cute does. That feels like I want to hit yeah. the ground running. Like it, it feels like a waste of time perfectly honest because we yeah. want to see what the dynamic is. That's the fun. Part. Yeah. It's about ex-girlfriend. It's about the right. breakup. I mean, we also got to talk about the name, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I think we have two options. Well, three options, actually. We could be having the character dating the superhero and not know her secret identity. Mm-hmm. We could have the guy dating the secret identity and not knowing she's a superhero. Or we can be having the guy dating and knows both. Ooh, okay. I feel like, well, I mean, like, of course, like, not knowing is so like you know fruitful because it's like oh you were keeping a secret from me like maybe that's what the breakup is about is like finding out like oh my god you've been g-girl this whole time yeah or it's like look i know you're g-girl i thought i could handle dating you because like i love jenny so much but i don't know if i can handle like the craziness and like you know everyone like wanting pictures of us or whatever or like you almost dying or me getting captured by bad guys or something i'm breaking up with you i can't handle it I've been thrown off of so many buildings and you catch me at the last second. I feel like I have permanent whiplash. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. If you just kind of switch it to like Mary Jane Watson having this conversation, Mm -hmm. you can imagine like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's just like, it's just too emotionally taxing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, real people have, I think, ended relationships for less. Um, or for you know, or as or you know like it makes so much you can imagine like if you were dating like a like a mountain climber or like an actor <laughs> yeah though it's e- one of those two two it's equally stupid foolhardy yeah something like that i i feel like i i feel like it's more interesting if the person know knows both yeah me too because they're in on the secret and that mm-hmm. it's this big important thing Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, because I feel like the secret is what happens afterwards. Like, they didn't know that the person they were dating was capable of t- going to these lengths. Mm. If we talk about those lengths. So, I think that, so I think that our next step is mm-hmm. figuring out, is G-Girl or whoever actually, like, post-breakup stalking? Or is it all in... Luke Wilson's character's name, Matt Saunders. Is it all in Matt Saunders' head? Oh, yeah. See, like, that was so, to me, like, the least, the, the most cringy, least interesting part of the of a movie that exists. That, like, I, I didn't really, it's not really a part of what I've been, like, imagining. Like, it's kind of, like, it's weird enough that a super, she's a superhero. And, because I think it'd be cool if it actually had, like, kind of a cool superhero A plot or B plot. Because I yeah. want it to be, like, a rom-com first. But like, and but she has to deal with like 
the Anna Ferris character. I think like it's it's just as entertaining if they act like real people. I think we're getting dangerously close to turning this movie into another movie that already exists called um, Harley Quinn or the Eman- or uh, Birds, oh, of, Birds Prey, of Prey, the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Okay, yeah, I, it yeah. Is, it's kind of what we're building towards. Of it's this, she was dating a. It's a supervillain, but basically the same thing. And now everyone kind of defines her in terms of the fact of this previous relationship. Oh, yeah. Because, like, what I think would be interesting is, like, the irony is, like, this dude, he breaks up with G-Girl and Jenny because he's like, I'm so sick of being in the public eye. I'm sick of people saying, like, why is she dating this person? She could do so much better. And, and you, then it, you, do, you do want the public to know. I think that'd be really fun because then everyone is like, I can't believe Matt broke G-Girl's heart. Matt's yeah. and like, what? Now they hate me for this reason. And, like, yeah. He just can't can't win for losing. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I'm I, I'm on board. And it feels like that's how a lot of Marvel movies are, where everyone knows that Thor and Jane broke up. You know. Right. That's true. And they very much are saying to Thor, like, "You can do better. You're going to do great. Oh man, it'll you'll you're going to be all right, mm. buddy." He's like, "Thank you. I don't know you who you are. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's like weird as hell if you're like, I don't know." Like Ben Affleck or something. And it's like, hey, man, glad you're back with Jennifer Lopez. And he's like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I've thought about that sometimes of like, I, there, there are people that I could run. Like, let me let me take you as an example. Uh-huh. You and I haven't hung out that often. Sure. I mean, you've been in my apartment. You've been here for writing groups, that that uh, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We've podcasted a couple times. But I've spent way more time listening to you talk that I've actually spent with you as a human being. Right. Yeah. The kind of the parasocial relationship. Yeah. And like, I remember when we were recording uh, the top five episode, we were doing like top five Mm -hmm. pilots for the, for the dueling genre Patreon. If anyone is interested in that sort of thing. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went back and re-listened to it. It was very fun, but there was a moment where I was listening when Scott said, uh, Oh, and obviously my favorite show is the OC. And I was like, Mm. obviously you talk about that all the time. And then I realized afterwards, but not to me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, to like podcast on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I vividly remember um, back in like when I was in high school, the first time I Skyped with Scott, because like you, I was a listener and sure. then I, I reached out because I wanted to work on Geek by Night. And the first time we Skyped was really surreal because <laughs> it was like the, like, you know, the, the voice in your ear in your earbuds talking back to you yeah but it's very strange yeah and i guess you know i guess living in la there's kind of a dreamlike quality of like at any given moment someone you know from movies or tv could just walk out of the starbucks or Mm -hmm. be parked next to you and you just kind of get used to it and randomly sits next to you for the screening of uh guardians of the galaxy yeah anything going which is a thing that happened to me for sure and it feels like how in a comic book, you know, or you're in a Marvel movie where you're just like going to work one day and then like the flash runs through your car. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I like the idea of a city <laughs> having opinions about G-Girls dating life. I mean, that's exactly what would happen. I mean, everyone has, that's what the People magazine is. That's what the concept of page six is. is it's just so right. people can have opinions about strangers that they do not know. Mm-hmm. And like creating stories and narratives around them and like it's good that these people broke up because like she's bad or like right he's a piece of shit which brings us to how do we want to deal with professor bedlam because professor bedlam could be someone who tries to 
connect with uh, the Luke, the I'm sorry, Matt Saunders <laughs> post breakup as a way of trying to get to G Girl or as a way of like, oh, well, this person's got the inside information or For sure. or they could genuinely. Just, I mean, this is a shitty term, but they could just be a star fucker. Like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. This person was dating the famous person. It's, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, like a leech. Uh, I've kissed the lips that have kissed, kissed mine. What's the line? I've kissed the lips that kissed you. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Yes. That's really interesting. Cause I was kind of weirdly, because uh, I've been like just dunking on this movie. Like, so <laughs> my, the Dr. Bedlam, Professor Bedlam I've been thinking about is also like, a, I, I gender bent Dr. Bedlam. That's Thinking about it now, I think that's the way to go. That's not who I cast, but I agree with you. Because for some reason, and I guess this is a form of bias, too, of, like, the idea of, like, a girl having a, like, but then getting spurned because she didn't have, like, the nerve or was too nerdy to ask Jenny on a date. And so she was like, fine, I'll become a supervillain and get you obsessed with me that way. And then you'll you'll care about me or you'll care about Professor Bedlam. But deep down, I'm still that scared college freshman that just wants to, like, ask you out on a date. Or like in Free Guy, where you have to reach uh, level 100 before I'll even talk to you. Like, I need to be on your level. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's not about getting you to notice me. It's getting, it, it's getting, it's letting me become Wonder Woman so that we can be equals and therefore this is okay. Right, because like, I'm not enough. Right. Like, the normal me is and I have to kind of, which I think is, it's, I think really, that reminds me of dating in general. Of you think you have to create a version of yourself that's cooler and more interesting yeah. But really, it's just like, no, like, you're enough. Yourself is enough. I mean, I assume that's true for you. For me, no, it's not. I'm never enough. But like for, <laughs> sure, I imagine for other people, it no, could be. No, everything's true for other people, but not yourself. Correct. That old. <laughs> little bit of human programming. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It Like, because literally, I feel like, because the Professor Bedlam in the movie is so boring. Yeah. We get... Yeah one interesting gadget like there's two things in this movie that we have this amazing opportunity like her the g-girl costume is terrible she put it on and i was like that's her superhero costume it's like very like like sunset boulevard you know like just so little care looked like it was put into it it's very i'm in a superhero movie but i'm ashamed about being in a superhero movie right yeah it's like i think even smallville at the time like stuff looked better yeah and then uh, Professor Bedlam over here gets one, like, is the billionaire genius uh, uh, playboy. And, yeah. And we get one cool gadget. And it's, like, the first time that uh, G-Girl's hooking up with Luke Wilson, they go back to her apartment. And this robotic pigeon shows up and lands on the door and turns out it's a camera filming them. Yeah. Which is super creepy. And then we don't get anything else that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's all, but you're right. He is kind of positioned as this, like, cool science guy like he's not like it's eddie izzard he isn't even funny yeah like he's not even charming it's just they don't don't really give him anything yeah eddie izzard has been really good in bad movies before oh yeah but this yeah like like the character is just so dry and so it's not fun to see that character then like get redeemed because he was so boring right and he's not really redeemed he's just like oh yeah it turns out he's in love with you oh cool all right you want to go get a beer oh you love me that's so cool i love you too here's your here's your your prize for like you are on the same level of me in that we're both crazy yeah and i and that's not and so i feel like i feel like the dynamic we can build to is that you, you 
Did you ever see... <laughs> this is another movie that I feel like eventually uh, I'll end up mm. uh, doing on this show. But did you ever see the Mike Myers movie, I Dated an Axe Murderer? Yeah, for sure. Where he spends... 50% because there's a whole buildup. He spends 50% of the mm-hmm. movie thinking that this woman he's dating is this axe murderer. And then it turns out it's someone who's framing her. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for I dated an axe murderer. <laughs> sure. Uh, we can think that it's Matt Saunders can like think that it's the Jenny Johnson G girl character who's doing all these crazy stalking things. But then mm-hmm. it turns out it's Professor Bedlam. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because the hero shouldn't be doing evil things. And these are evil things of this yeah. person who's already a crazy stalker. Right, yeah, it almost it almost seems like they're entering like horror movie territory. It yeah, al- almost becomes like that much. that movie Brightburn. Yes, exactly. Or like I'd be really scary, right? If like your psycho ex girlfriend had superpowers because she she's crazy because you broke up with her. Yeah, and yeah. meanwhile she could just have like a dry like doctor's sense of humor because she's seen like the worst things the world has to offer. Yeah, and it's like she'll make these terrible jokes. It's like yeah, no, I was kidding. Yeah. What do you, you thought I would do that? No. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really cool because it shows like, you know, it's affecting her. Yeah. Like being a superhero would have an effect on someone psychologically that a partner would have to kind of learn to accommodate. Yeah. It, it's the whole, uh, uh, uh dating, dating a, 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 a child surgeon of like no matter how bad your day was you didn't have to like perform surgery on a sick kid right yeah and sometimes that's like not fair yeah because you know it's it's okay to you're supposed to complain about your day sometimes whatever yeah yeah if you're dating like a a red cross nurse and it's fine if you're dating a red cross nurse but if they also happen to be like a story one-upper like one of those people of like Uh, oh yeah yeah, that does sound bad but you know it sounds worse and like every time it's a competition and that could be really fun of like seeing while they're still dating matt and jenny of they're trying to be at a party and just like hanging out and being normal and then jenny without trying to but just because if she's a superhero keeps one-upping yeah, or like, oh, that reminds me of the one time I was with Captain Marvel, or like, oh, uh-huh. I punched the, and, and Matt's like, fucking, can you not bring up like, you don't? <laughs> she's like, but she, you know, she's not trying to. It's just, that's who she is. That's her life. It, it's literally her entire social life is other superheroes, for sure. Yeah, like I used to chastise, I used to criticize myself for even talking about like movies a lot at parties, and I was like, well, no, <laughs> why? That's like what you're passionate about. Yeah. That's what. That's how you see the world. That's how you frame stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It, like, yes. And, and so now part of me wants to be like, well, do you want to have a moment with like a double date where like Matt and Jenny are on a double date with like Batman and Catwoman? And oh, it's literally yeah. three elevated people. Yeah. And even though they don't have superpowers. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I invited them out to hang out with you because they also don't have superpowers. Yeah. Look, there's not having superpowers <laughs> and there's not having superpowers. Yeah, you don't even, you're, yeah, you're so fam- not normal. You don't even know what normal is anymore. Yeah. Because you think that's normal. Yeah. I, I'm friends with them for you. They're your yeah. friends. They were never my They're friends. They're not my friends. Have you ever like been at a dinner or something or at a party? And you're like, whoa, everyone in this room is like three levels above me. And I have like uh, almost oh, sure. no frame of reference. Like they're talking about like <laughs> yes. their portfolios or their agents or whatever. And I'm like, I, and I would feel like, yeah, it would be like sitting, yeah. getting dinner with Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman. I would like just feel like I've done nothing with my life. So, uh, 
friend of both of ours, Zach Luna, and I mm-hmm. used to be roommates. And I remember he went to a party with some other mutual friend of ours, who I don't think either of us is friends with anymore. Yeah. And I remember he came back and was like, it was so weird being at this party. Everyone just like had their own conversations and I was just also there. And I'm like, it couldn't have been that bad. And like five or six months later, I went to another party with that same friend mm. and I went back home and I was like, it was exactly like you said. It was, yeah. this, you were right. <laughs> it, you're just it, like, you, you freeze up and you feel so it was. Like- it was just a series of their inside jokes, but I was also there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what happens to Matt. Is yeah. they keep talking about old battles or it's time to save mm-hmm. the world, and he's just like, I don't, I don't even feel like. And and he can tell that she's like, you're way more into that side of your life than like our life. Yeah. So like, let's end this. Let's break up. Like clearly, your yeah. your long term plans are different than my long term yeah. plans. And like, she never in a million years pictured like the normal dude breaking up with her. It's because she, as a superhero, can't lose. Because yeah, losing means people will die. Mm-hmm. That's what being a superhero is. So she and the fact to, that she yeah. like psychologically, like she can't wrap her head around it. And I feel like. So I feel like instead of like weird torture horror things, mm-hmm. I feel like if we're doing that, it has to be coming from Professor Bedlam. I think it has to be ever increasing grandiose efforts to get him back. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Because, and the same with like the public being like, oh man, you need to get back together with G-Girl. Clearly mm-hmm. she's heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're like really supportive of a relationship that up until this point, the public had been completely <laughs> against. Right. That's funny. It's like she like this is a loss and a superhero can't lose. Oh yeah, so she just sees it as another thing to conquer, another battle yeah. to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. And then yeah, the city is like, "Oh, G-Girl's trying to get Matt back." And we like it. We support you. And go. you get you do the Spider-Man interviews with like uh like you can literally go like before they break up, a, I don't know what she sees in that guy. He just yeah. seems like a bit of a schmuck. Yeah. And then afterwards it's like Clearly, she's into this guy. I don't know why he's uh, he's not still dating her. Uh, can you imagine anyone would be lucky to have G Girl like, you know, painting like like searing his face onto the moon or something? Oh my, yeah, exactly like yeah. that. But Matt's like, I don't want to. We shouldn't. I don't want to get back. Also, and then when she starts dating like the Anna Ferris character, then everyone would immediately turn on her and be like, "You're the wedge. You're the third person." Yeah. Oh, Matt was cheating on G Girl with. Who's right. this? He he was cheating on her while she was out saving the world. Yeah, that happened with, uh, I mean, I'm a little old, so I kind of know who, what's happening. But, like, you know, the Olivia Rodrigo stuff, right? Like, she... I don't know. So she wrote a song called, like, Driver's License. Like, a, a few songs on her album are about, allegedly, a, like, relation. She was dating a dude from that high school musical show. And then he was dating another, like, Disney Channel actress, allegedly. And then all of social media cast the th- other girl as, like, the villain of the story. Ah. Uh, and, like, you're it. you're the wedge. You're the other girl. And so, like, they all had to be like, hey, like, we're real people. Like. Don't, <laughs> Stop. Don't fucking cyberbully people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they were and those think- are all children. These are all, this is a movie about, like, adult characters. Yeah. But I mean, but we talk about how there's a big divide between children and adults, but there's not. Right. Yeah. It's just it's just the n- lack of firsthand knowledge. Of yeah. Like, oh, I don't I've hurting people's bad because I've heard people before because I'm, I'm an adult. Yeah. So I feel like our act one is them together and act one ends with him finally being like, this isn't working. It's I need over. to break up with you. Yeah. 
And then act two is her trying to win him back in increasingly grandiose things to the mm-hmm. point where eventually, like, she th- starts threatening, like, he's now worried about his own safety. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, the team up with Professor Bedlam comes in, who kind of orchestrated it to seem that way. Right. Yeah, it was, he's like the reverse Flash. Yeah. It was me all along. It was me all along. And, like, all of that is just using that to, because the more distraught G-Girl is, the more mm-hmm. vulnerable she is for whatever right. uh, Professor Bedlam has planned. So she's easier. She's going to be easier to defeat. Yes, yeah. and that's that's Act Three because sure. it's a superhero movie. You got to have your big chaotic Act Three. Yeah, and I think that would be the fun of this movie is getting to have your cake and eat it too. Like get a fun rom com, like you know, like a like, and then also get like an effective, cool like summer superhero movie. Yeah, very much so. Because like the O six one fails both. Yes. And and that's exactly it. Like we're having this incredibly cool superhero, and it it's we should see her be like it's not a, a blur off in the background. Like oh, we the audience aren't going to know that it's Uma mm-hmm. Thurman who's the superhero. Yeah, she yeah, doesn't have no. a mask. Yeah, <laughs> and like her big thing is she wears glasses and her hair turns blonde. Like oh, she that's got right. superheroes. She, she got superheroes. She got superpowers when she touched like the magic space rock mm-hmm. and her hair turned blonde. Yes. It magically. Yeah. The, God. The, yeah. That, I remember watching it and just every new kernel, every new sliver was gross. Yeah. Like literally superpowers made her whiter. Yes. It made her more like, yeah. Like the, the Aryan ideal. Yeah. Which is, does not, actually do great uh with uh, my casting choice but the important thing is i mean neither actually that's funny <laughs> but but it was a, it depends how you frame it and like the framing yeah. of it in the original movie is bad mm-hmm. and it uh didn't have to be well even like you know i think framing is a lot like like bedlam like all we did was change the character's gender but for some reason it just made that character just so you understand why that character would be frustrated and angry. Whereas like with the Eddie Izzard character, yeah. you're like, what the dude, like get over it. Every Yeah. The, the, the healthy X versus the unhealthy X. And you literally yes. get to see them of like, Oh, that's yeah, cool. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I, you broke up with me. I was sad. I went on a, uh, this weird binge with, uh, with, with Marvel man or whatever. Yeah. And Oh man, you do not want to see what we did to the pyramids. Yeah. Oh, we can't, can't. But yeah, no, I'm, it's, yeah. it's fine. I'm I'm already dating uh, this other this other guy, and I'm it's an it. even more bland and boring. <laughs> yeah, like literally, it's uh, oh man, what's the most? It, yeah, no, he's uh, 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 like booster. He's gold. middle middle management at H and R Block. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like yeah, he has like the most boring job. Yeah, like he works at a she, bank. Like she like she gets excitement at, at work. At home, she wants home to be calm. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's also a huge part of dating is just fighting out like, oh, everyone wants something different. Yeah. Your ideal situation isn't going to be a someone else's ideal situation. Exactly. Cool. All yeah. right. I think that's kind of our plot. Is yeah. there anything else we're missing in terms of like storytelling? Um, no. Yeah. I, I just kind of, yeah. The idea of just the city reacting to all of this and being like a spectator is really interesting. Yeah. I think so. The Von Haig, which is the uh, Rain Wilson character, mm-hmm. and the Hannah Lewis character, I think can just be friends of Matt Saunders. I don't think Matt Saunders should actually mm-hmm. date anyone else in the course of the movie. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. I did have uh, a uh, Hannah, other than potentially. I, I did too, but like okay. other than like Professor Bedlam, potentially. Okay, I had a weird idea for Vaughn. 
Just because, I did too. Okay, cool. Like, uh, so because I just hated Vaughn. Yeah, because Vaughn's I, bad. Yeah, but him having like a shitty best, a scumbag best friend, is relate a relatable and be like a fun fun for a comedy. Yes, and so I was like, it's oh, just a different kind of scumbag. Yeah. So my kind of scumbag is kind of like a Lex Luthor, Tony Stark scumbag. Okay. And that's, he's like, they grew up together, but like he became like a tech billionaire, Elon Musk kind of dude. And that's actually how Matt and Jenny met was Vaughn was throwing a cool party that Matt was only at because he was friends with Vaughn. And that's why a superhero was there. And that's how they met and through, you know, natural chemistry. I love it. That's great. Okay. What was, what was your idea? No, I just a just a dirt bag, but like a different okay. kind of dirt bag. Like okay. not a uh, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> a gross sexualize like... every single woman I ever meet. Just uh, yeah, and no, I'm just kind of just a, like I'm one of those friends that's fun, but like you'd never take anything I say seriously. Yeah, yeah. Of like you, like, we, you kind of have to take people aside and be like, yeah, that's just him. He says stuff sometimes, but he's yeah, a good like, dude. He, he's an asshole, but he'll never actually do anything bad. Right? Yeah, that's just how his he just, how he jokes around. Yeah, it's like he d- he doesn't have that filter, yeah. but at the end of the day, like he will actually like show up if you need help. Right? Yeah, when you're not expecting it, he'll be there for you, or like and... drive you to the airport when you're like, oh crap, or like, oh my god, Vaughn just like paid for everyone's like, yeah. flight. You know, like, oh Vaughn's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, and then you know that you'll hear about it for the next two months, but that act was still right. a nice thing to do. He'll remind in, you in the moment. Yeah. Okay. I think in terms of plot, we kind of have, like, the shape of what we'd want to do. For sure. And I think we kind of have an idea of a, of a movie that would be more fun. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll fill in more as we get through casting. So Definitely. I think we have to start... Oh, before we do that, we have to change the name. Oh, okay. So I've listened to interviews with stuff with, like, uh, specifically with Rachel Bloom and Eileen Brosh McKenna, who mm-hmm. were the creators of uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. And they specifically say it's crazy ex-girlfriend and they will correct people if anyone calls it my crazy Mm ex-girlfriend because that's not the title because all of a sudden it's possessive. Mm -hmm. It's not about this dude's relationship. It's because it's her internally. She herself is this crazy ex-girlfriend. She doesn't belong to anybody. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it's my super ex-girlfriend, it's all of a sudden possessive. It frames it as Matt's story. Right. I think we can like just drop the my and it's just super ex-girlfriend yeah let's do that and that's enough and also then we get the competing things of like the secret the the secret ex-girlfriend who we think is doing all these terrible things is actually the the professor bedlam and then the actual superhero ex-girlfriend is actually doing nice things and yeah so, like trying to win him back like oh man this ex-girlfriend's really super yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I like I like super ex girlfriend because it's like it's healthy because it's like she stays his ex and like an ex is a person that is really in your life. Yeah. Of like, oh, this is my ex girlfriend, but it doesn't mean that like oh, I'm at war with them. It's yeah. And yeah, and I feel like our the version we're making right now, it's much more of like an ensemble than just like one dude's getting you know nah. <laughs> tortured this crazy chick. I sure am glad we saw this movie about this dude getting laid by a super lady. Psych is a movie to see with the bros, but no one yeah. did. Oh, man, check out this hot chick. Oh, man, check out this hot chick. But for two hours. But for two hours, and then they all date at the end. Yeah. Bang party. And they have a bang party. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about recasting. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so... There are six characters that I recast, plus writer and director. 
Yeah, I, I think I had one, two, three. Yeah, six. Cool. So let's start with the titular character, the super ex-girlfriend, Jenny okay. Johnson slash G-Girl. What does the G stand for? So I had kind of, in my version that I've been imagining, rather than having Superman-based powers, I imagined her being a speedster. Okay. And it was like G-Force. Oh, great. Love it. And it also very much is like the Flash is someone that the entire town is invested in very much. Like, yeah, they love like everyone loves the Flash. Yeah, and like imagining the whole town loves G Girl the way that like you know for a, like remember that year where everyone just fucking loved Jennifer Lawrence and Jennifer Lawrence was just the coolest girl. And yeah, like, she ate pizza and she's and then weirdly she broke up Anna Faris's marriage and now we don't like her anymore. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, she. Uh, I think. She slept with Chris Pratt, and that's why Chris Pratt and Anna Faris got divorced. Okay. Uh, some, look, the movie Passengers took a lot from a lot of people. Sure. Like two hours out of my life. Yeah. Um, and also it ruined a marriage. Sure. <laughs> um, so you, uh, who's your, who do you have for Jenny, a.k.a. G-Girl? So I wanted someone who can do combat. Like, I wanted someone who, like, we've kind of seen in superhero roles, but is, like, not quite famous enough to be like, oh, yeah, like, she's been the blockbuster person before. Mm -hmm. But she's in John Wick. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's in Friday Night Lights. Like, I went with, uh, uh, and she's in Orville, which Mm -hmm. I think is a waste because she's so much better than that. Uh, Adrienne Palicki. Yeah. She's a veteran. Yeah. She has, like, worked in the TV mind. She was Wonder Woman. Was she? Yeah, in this unaired, this infamous unaired pilot. Oh, she's Wonder Woman in the Joss Whedon one. I don't even know. That was a movie script. This was oh, okay. a this was a pilot that had like Carrie Elway's in it, and it was like an ABC David E. Kelly show. Um, Scott Corelli back in the day, I can't remember where he shared this on a podcast, but he went to an early screening of it, mm-hmm. and then wrote a review and leaked that review to Ain't It Cool, and it was featured on the site. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So, a little piece of... But yeah, I like Adrian Palicki. Yeah. Or Palicki, uh, however you say it. However you say it. But, like, she's great, and I th- it also kind of matches, like, the aging of everybody. Like, I kind of put, like, mid to late 30s for everybody, because it's like, they've had a relationship. They are adults. Yeah, they're adults. It's not like they're first... They've, they have a... Yeah, they have a history. They've been burned. They've been around yeah. the block a couple times. Um, uh, man. But yeah, tell me who you... But, like, it has the same problem of, like, I cast a blonde lady. This is spooky. Because, like, I didn't... Uh, my my Jenny is very... Like, they could be sisters in another movie. Uh, <laughs> All right. My choice is Alexandra, Alexandra Daddario. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Uh, I might know her from White Lotus, uh, True Detective, the Baywatch movie. Also, I think, like... Really good, but has like you know, but kind of been a not great stuff, and I feel like could do better. Like and one really of those, deserves like, yeah, very much unappreciated. Yeah, and like it's funny you mentioned athletic athleticism. Like I, you know, she is a very like she's very tall, and I can picture her being like a runner, and yeah. and just kind of fits like the the impossible. Like you know, like oh yeah, I could picture her being like some the whole city falling like oh G girl, she's great. How could you not be in the yeah. G girl? You know. Like we're, we love you, G girl. You're yeah. the best. But also, like especially in like White Lotus, really good at playing that like hyper driven type A. Like because I picture this G girl being really ambitious because she really falls into the superhero life yeah. more than like being a normal person. Quote. Yeah, it's tough because I think we both, I think we both knew the assignment and, and did this casting very well because I think they both could play the part extremely mm-hmm. well. Definitely. And I think they both bring something interesting and unique to the role, but they both 
be very good at it. And both of them are kind of criminally underused right mm-hmm. now and deserve to be like the lead in a big blockbuster movie. Right. Yeah. And then like sometimes that's like, not Baywatch. Definitely. Yeah. No one should have been in Baywatch. No. Uh, I'm, I mean, The Rock and uh, uh, Zac Zephron. Efron. It makes sense for them. Yeah. Straight no down the else. middle. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Remember how like weird, like sick shredded Zac Efron got for that movie? I don't remember. Like, oh, I, I didn't see it. I don't know but... if that's, I don't know if that's healthy. Oh, it's not. It's yeah. incredible. You're incredibly dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. And he talked about it, I think too. I bet. Yeah. Zac Efron is, so I'm doing bookkeeping stuff. I used to have a client who uh-huh. uh, worked for FX and I would go like do bookkeeping stuff for him on the Fox lot. Mm-hmm. And I would just show up and like work in his office and like random other stuff. And I remember one time I got out of the elevator and Zac Efron was like, getting on mm-hmm. and it was just Zach Efron and like a swarm of like half a dozen of the exact same looking dude just fought like just the most gene- uh, honestly dudes who are like built like me but like attractive and like oh is it like, like uh yeah have you seen that meme of the baseball game where all the guys are like forming like a flower kind of where they're like in a row and they're all like posing but it's like the same dude copied yes. over and over yeah that it was okay. that it was like Zach Efron and then just like multiplicity got it yeah was that his posse was that his team it must have been his posse because it was very weird wow. and i just like had this moment and i walk into the uh into my client's office i was like that was weird he's like yeah that's what happens and i was like okay gosh i would hate to have a posse i would hate to have people following me around every day i i both would hate to have a posse and also i have no interest in being in a posse that's true. i don't i also wouldn't have fun being like in an entourage it's like I, I understand that there's some people who like fully commit to like following behind somebody and it's like what wherever you go I go but it's yeah. like have some age like I'm okay with like being supportive like being supportive and working with someone and liking pets people you work with is great but like what if uh, not being one of six yeah what if Jenny what if G girl just got it accepted into the Avengers like kind of Captain Marvel's you know kind of like a recent edition. And it's, sure. it's really like you're all, all the time you're spending with the, with the freaking Avengers. Like we're a team. We're a family. And he's like, but I'm your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I'm OK with that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Good. Um, I like it. Let's come back to this because I think either of these. They're uh, so similar. Work. It's so, yeah. They're, like they're similar in the good ways and they're different in the good ways. It's, it's right. perfect. It's we funny. Did excellent. Adrian Palachy's fun because she kind of has that action mold action movie yeah. look. Whereas Daddario kind of has that more like rom-com look, I think. Yeah, which is interesting yeah yeah we'll come back i like it uh so who do you have who did you have for uh matt saunders so for matt saunders i had uh someone who i think is one of our greatest character actors working currently paul walter hauser movie lovers might recognize him from performances in i tanya he was in corella last year as horace uh, I think massively he was so good. Yeah, massively underrated in Richard Jewell, that Clint Eastwood movie from a couple years ago. Yeah, but the performance that I really want to draw attention to and why I, I, I cast him in this in this theoretical movie is um, he's in the I think you should leave sketch where he's <laughs> he's he's cast in the play and uh, Jamie Taco keeps stealing his lines. Great. And what's so great? The reason I think that sketch is so great is because. He the moments with him and his girlfriend in that sketch are like really sweet and like really human. And you buy them as like this really loving couple. And, you know, kind of going back to uh, like, you know, perception, 
I feel like such a part of dating, like as a guy is like, you know, you only, if you watch movies or even just walk around, you're like, Oh, only one type of body type is attractive. Yeah. And like only, Oh, like why would a girl ever be with someone who isn't built like, you know, Zac Efron or like Dylan O'Brien or something. And I said Dylan O'Brien because for like a week I was thinking of Dylan O'Brien and then I was like, <laughs> no one on the internet would have any problem with Alexander Daddario and Dylan O'Brien dating. That's true. But like Paul Walter. That's and it. Then, See, that's the argument that, yeah. that right there. What you just said mm-hmm. that I think is the really most convincing argument of like no one on the internet would be like, oh, yeah, of course, the attractive superhero is dating the attractive uh, Dylan guy. O'Brien. Yeah, it makes sense. Who cares if they're 10 years uh, uh, aged apart? <laughs> that's true <laughs> i didn't think about that uh but yeah but like uh yeah but it, but yeah that i think is the is the actual argument like it's someone who's like the superhero sees something in this guy mm-hmm. and like even himself he might not but i don't right. even think i don't even think this necessarily needs to be someone about lacking the self-confidence of like oh i don't oh, i'm yeah. not good enough for her like i don't think we need to have that i think that for sure there are other movies about that that's kind of more about like the what the public sees Yes, and I think that's a really good argument. Because, like, like you said, like these characters are in their mid thirties. Like, yes, I think Matt has probably like, yeah, like you know, maybe like a lot of us got bullied or grew up not not feeling confident about themselves. But now they're like, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm a confident dude. I've been yeah. in this relationship with Jenny for like five years or something. But so his problems are more mature and more as existential than like, yes. you know, self confidence think that's good and i think that's important that's the argument that's convincing me Sweet. because i think the person that i cast is a little bit closer to a dylan o'brien type of mm-hmm. like oh yeah just another attractive person it's an attractive person who i don't see enough and i think would be good for sure um he's uh i know him like he's from the he was in the originals he was in one of the seasons of power rangers i know him from jessica jones uh the actor's name is Ika darville oh cool yeah was he like jessica jones's like buddy yeah he was the buddy like the the, the addict the addict yes that's right yeah he's great yeah, and he's a really good actor, and I thought mm-hmm. that he'd do really well in this role. But I think you're right. Okay, cool. I think it. I think it needs to be someone like Paul Walter Hauser mm-hmm. for all of the reasons uh, that you just said. Yeah, and yeah, and like you can, and it's 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 a bummer that you don't see like Paul should be in a in a romantic comedy. He would be great. Yeah, but, but like, who knows if he's even gotten those calls? I don't know. Or they're just going to the guy who was in uh, um, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, Dan Fogler. Yeah. The folks. Like, we, we got one of these types already. We yeah, don't need more. We only need one. We don't need two of a, of a kind of person. Yeah. Cool. All right. So then let's talk about Hannah Lewis, who I don't necessarily see as a romantic pairing, mm-hmm. but I, I see as someone who is, uh, like someone who's there support, like th- like different kinds of support. Yeah. There's yeah. the asshole friend <laughs> and the, the, who is supportive. And then the just outwardly supportive friend. Right. Who is supportive. And it can be cool. Cause I'm picturing whether it's romantic or not, Hannah being a new person in Matt's life. Yeah. That it's like, Oh cool. Like a new friend that can be with, I can talk to and kind of like vent about this crazy process that I'm going through. It's so hard to meet friends as an adult. And now I'm actually connecting with someone on a human level. Yeah. And she's Great. like, cause what I'm thinking of Hannah most importantly is she's like the anti Jenny where yeah. she's like, I'm kind of okay with not being like the most successful person. Yes. Like I have my little, like my life and my job that I've worked hard to get, but like, I don't need to have like the biggest, I don't need to be G girl. And Matt's Correct. like, Oh my God, that's so refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Good. I like it. So my, my casting for that, uh, she's been in Chicago mad. She's in teen wolf. She's in a movie called stuck with I only mentioned because it's like, I have a movie called stuck. Oh, weird. Oh. Uh, this actress is named Arden Cho. I'm not familiar with them. 
So she. I'm gonna look it up on the phone. Oh, okay. Yes. I yeah. I've yeah. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. I haven't either. But just kind of one of those people. I'm like, oh yeah. She seems like she'd be good. Uh, a good friend who's done like the kinds of things. I don't know. I just. Oh, it's funny. She was in. Her. She was in Teen Wolf, like Dylan O'Brien. Yeah. Which I also haven't seen, but seems like a sort of thing that uh, people would enjoy. For sure. No, I, I missed the. Uh, I missed the. Um, Teen Wolf train. So, a little after my time. Yeah. Literally like five years. Something like that, yeah. My Hannah Lewis is Kelly Marie Tran. Oh. From great. Star Wars The Last Jedi, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. And yeah, just kind of like... I like Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, and just like... Yeah, just kind of that energy of like, I can picture like her kind of like unsoft-spoken kind of like, oh yeah, I'm just a person. Like, yeah, I'm like the decency that, you know, when you watch Last Jedi and you just immediately know Rose Tycho is just like good people. Yeah. Like that yeah, kind of vibe. Exactly like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then Kelly Marie Tran it is. That's exactly what we want. Sweet. Perfect. She's so good. All right. Yeah. So we're also going to go with your person for Professor Bedlam, just because I think you're right. Professor Bedlam has to be uh, a lady. Can I but hear I'm yours? Tell you, oh, please. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about who I'd had first, mm-hmm. because what I'd kind of wanted is I kind of wanted like the master of disguise, evil Lex Luthor. Like we don't like this person who's actually stalking. And so can be like all these different people. Mm-hmm. So I went with the lead of Alternatino, Arturo Castro is someone who's oh, wow. capable of being a master of disguise, capable of being all these people who's funny, but also has in like, cause he's in broad city, yeah. but also is in narcos and can be deadly serious. Yeah. It, that's crazy. It's crazy watching him in, in narcos. And being like, oh my god, that's Jaime. Yeah, it's so weird. That's fun, yeah. He had that and show that I never watched on Comedy Central that he... That, like, that's Alternatino. Alternatino. It's, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. Like, I watched like a few episodes in a row, and we laughed the whole time. It's so funny. Great. You have to check it out. And it's just... It, it never really went because like the advertising campaign for it was weird. It was just be his face and then just him in a bunch of different costumes. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, but we don't know who this guy is. Who is that? It's like I get it. He's very, very funny, but mm-hmm. like, sell us a different way. Yeah, sketches. Sketches are probably so weird to market. Like, yeah, I don't know why something like Inside Amy Schumer really. I mean, not that Inside Amy Schumer didn't have a lot of great stuff in it. So, uh, my Professor Bedlam is Emma Stone. <laughs> All right. I uh, I talk about this a lot on different podcasts. I think like Emma Stone. She's so great now, but I feel like she's kind of like out of time. I feel like she would have been really great in like the seventies as like a Madeline Kahn like character actress. Sure. Okay. She's so great. Every time she's on SNL, she plays these big, crazy characters. And I've always wanted to see a movie where she got to be just like this big unromantic, like crazy character, like full, like, like a Steve Martin, Martin short kind of character. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, it'd be so cool for her to be like this, like evil, super mad scientist villain character. you can even stick her in any of the outfits she wears in Cruella and just say, oh, yeah, evil scientist. Oh, for sure. Done. Or like, you know, like Yzma mad scientist. Yeah. Like 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 lab coat, like rubber gloves. Yes. And pulling only the correct levers. For sure. Absolutely. No wrong levers no, here. All right. No. Great. I love it. That's uh, a <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> and especially if we're using this as a, a an analogous of like celebrity and like being famous of like. Professor Bedlam made themselves famous enough for G-Girl. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where now they're almost more famous. I'm casting them. The, if that's the most famous person in our movie, that's genuinely very funny. Oh, that's true. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. 
Okay, great. Then who did you have for Vaughn? Just kind of the uh Yeah, so kind of, so kind of playing the like like Tony Stark like douchebag, but for some reason you kind of root for him uh Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like him something about him him being kind of that guy is some like interesting or weird enough to where it would just be like god this guy's so annoying yeah that i like it that's very very funny so mine i went uh with someone who we see him doing like more kind of dramatic roles but like this guy's got a sense of humor and i appreciate that and so i'm like elliot page oh hell yeah that's great dry asshole sense of humor yeah but like really does care at the end of the day that would be awesome because I've never seen him play like a douchebag before or like a really confident, cocky douchebag. Right. And I feel like that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see him. Again, kind of like Emma Stone, like kind of seeing like this really famous, someone who's been famous for a while, do something unexpected and different. Yeah. And that's kind of what we want. Like, that's that's what I think the point of like these big famous celebrities should be of like, we have the expectation. Mm-hmm. And then they just do the exact same thing over and over and over again. It's, yeah. I find it boring. I can't imagine how they'd feel. Yeah, but yeah, the idea of like scumbag, like Barney Stinson, Elliot Page. Yeah, is like exactly really, like that. Yeah, lady killer, Elliot Page. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, so then let's, let's do, do that. Hell so yeah. then the only other cast we have is Carla. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just cast Wanda Sykes again. I genuinely considered doing that. That just because, made me laugh, yeah. Yeah. Because she's like, still so I, great. Yeah, I... I almost did the exact same thing. For sure. I ended up going with uh, Kirby Howell-Baptiste, who, as long as we're pulling everybody from Cruella, here's someone else from Cruella. Oh, yeah. She's great. And she's also in The Good Place. She's in Barry. She's, apparently, she was in Veronica Mars. I don't remember that at all. Oh, she is in The Good Place. That's, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but she's the Australian lady in mm-hmm. uh, The Good Place. And she's so good. Yeah. She, that's so great because, like, I think of all those characters and, like, they're very different characters. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was thinking someone who could kind of play kind of the same energy Wanda Sykes was playing at that time with the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Of, like, the asshole boss who, like... It's kind of... Is it, it, yeah. it, it there for a couple of lines, just a couple of zingers, and then she's out. Yeah. That'd be cool and to... Could, oh, the place. No, go ahead. Or, like, you know, what makes... What would make... What makes a shitty boss in 2022? You know? Yeah. Of, like, I don't know, like, a really invasive... Like, oh, you're cool with doing, like, a three-hour Zoom meeting today, right? Like, on... Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. And so I just thought That's Kirby Howell Baptiste would be fun. So I would say let's go with her. Definitely. And then that brings us back to Jenny Johnson slash G-Girl. And I think oh, please, if yeah. we're going to have Emma Stone, if we're going to have Kelly Marie Tran, and I think the, something that would be a good dynamic for them is we. I think we kind of need the more muscular superhero. Yeah. like. And I feel like if you have eight, uh, uh, Alexander D'Addario. Thank you, Alexander Dario. Going against Emma Stone, it's just like, they, they kind of feel like equals already. For sure. And I can only imagine Adrian Palicki, like, standing, like, a head taller than Emma Stone and just, like, looking down. Yeah, no, that's really cool. The idea of her, of, like, yeah, Adrian Palicki, I mean, you know, she was Wonder Woman, of, like, yeah. the comedy of her actually looking like she could be in the MCU. Yes. Or, like, a real superhero. Yeah, that could be really fun. And, like, I mean, please. she kind of is. She's Mockingbird, but no that's one... That's very true. No, no one really one, knows that much yeah. about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We, we don't talk about, yeah, which is a shame. Because, yeah, but, yeah, and that'd be really, um, that would kind of add to the meta. You know, we're talking about surprising people. Of, yeah. Like, you know, Alexandra D'Addario has been in a fair amount of comedies, but Adrian Palicki hasn't gotten to be funny very often. Isn't she funny in Orville? 
Isn't Orville funny? Orville's really weird. Well, she she doesn't get to be funny. Her character is always like the straight man character of like, <sighs> what are we Which doing? Which is a shame because she's so good. No, for sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. Great. That's our cast. That's so then awesome. that brings us to uh, writer and director. So I have a writing team and then I have a separate director. That's exactly what I have. That's so weird. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So I think you went first for Carla. So I'll go first for uh, writer. So for sure. I wanted – so for this team, it was important to me to have – because it's the, the, the titular character mm-hmm. is G-Girl. Yeah. It's a lady. It was important to me to have a writer who was – what, at least one of the writers was female and mm-hmm. the director female. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's important. This this should not be a male gazy movie, despite what the original was. Yeah, we've seen that already. Yeah. And so this writing team has done some okay things. Like, they wrote Journey to the Center of the Earth, which isn't ah. great, but it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. And they're also, like, the creative team behind, like, Big Mouth, which is, like, interesting kind of romantic pairings and kind of, like, exploring that. Mm-hmm. But they're also the creative team behind The Atom Project, which is... Fun action that's also heartfelt, which is yeah. kind of what it feels like we were going for. Mm-hmm. And that is Jennifer Flackett and Mark Levin. That's crazy. I didn't know all those three projects had the same creative team. Right? It's so weird. That's really varied. Yeah. I really like the Adam Project. I also really like the Adam Project. Yeah. It's just a fun, fun. like throwback yeah. event. It seemed like a movie that if I found like on HBO when I was 11, I would have like watched it over oh, and over yeah. again. I mean, it's built for that. Like, with the kid being, like, the hero. Oh, yeah. Like, a kid would imagine, like, oh, my God. You know, where he's, like, controlling the, the ship or whatever. Yeah. And, like, the other thing is, like, as soon as we start seeing, like, the kid perform, like, I was watching it uh, with my friend Caitlin, who I think you know as well. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, so this this kid's Ryan Reynolds, right? Because he's doing a, a spot-on oh, Ryan Reynolds yeah. impression. It was so, yeah. He did a great job of getting, like, So the... good. Everyone in that movie, with the possible exception of, like, the villain, I thought was, like, excellent. Like, right, yeah. Jennifer Gardner deserves to be famous because she's so good. Yeah. At, like, yeah, like, that, that, she only had a couple of scenes, but yeah, the mom character was really human and, like, yeah. was allowed to be, like, frustrated and angry, but still, like, you could tell she was a good mom. Very much so. I don't know. I liked it a lot. No, it was so. fun. Anyway, I thought, I thought they were fun. Yeah, no, that's a cool, that's a good pit. Yeah, for, like, the kind of broad, the kind of fun, heartfelt comedy vibe. Yeah. So tell me who you had. So uh, one night I was watching the behind the scenes feature at on Disney Plus for the Eternals. Okay. And uh, Kumail Nanjiani was like, yeah, I decided it'd be cool if like my character in Eternals was a movie star because that's the closest you can be to being a superhero is a movie star. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. That's kind of what I was thinking about with the movie. And so my writers are Kumail Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon. Oh, that works so well. Because yeah. I was thinking... Especially because Kumail Nanjiani, I think, is... I mean, they're both famous, but Kumail Nanjiani is famouser than mm-hmm. Emily Gordon. Sure, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a superhero. He's in a Marvel movie. But, yeah. like, they both, A, wrote a really great rom-com, The Big Sick. Right. But what I... I don't listen to the indoor kids. I, I never... I just... That wasn't a podcast I listened to. But they... Before, you know, the movie stuff, they were most famous for hosting this video game podcast. So I know that, to an extent, they're both nerds. And so it'd be cool to get, like, them writing something nerdy and genre um, and kind of see what that's like, but still funny. Absolutely. You sold me. I'm oh, okay. 100% on board. Like, I was writing their names down. Oh, cool. Because you'd yeah. sold me so hard. Nice. That I was like, oh, well, clearly that's who we're going with. Camille Nanjiani, Emily Gordon. Gordon. That's perfect. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, who, uh, who's your director? So my director, uh, she hasn't done that much. Like, she does an episode of TV here, an episode of TV there, episode of... Uh, and I was like, but... She, 
it's an interesting selection of things that I'm like, I kind of want her opinion. Because, like, she did an episode of Vampire Diaries. Mm -hmm. She did an episode of Black Lightning. She did an episode of The Chai. And I'm like, she's doing all the sorts of things that you kind of want for yeah. this sort of director mm -hmm. that it and isn't already too bogged down in like kind of like the Hollywood system of like expectations. Right. Yeah. And I, I have her name because I occasionally pull from this list of the, uh, the female directors Ava DuVernay wants you to know about. Oh, so okay. Yeah. This is one of the directors from that list. Her name is uh, Tanya Hamilton. That's really cool. You know, like there's so much good directing work being done on TV and it's so unfortunate that like, that pool of talent is so rarely brought up to the to the leagues of directing features. Yeah. Especially if you do multiple episodes of TV, that's already more than a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, we only... I feel like lately we only look at, like, Sundance or, yeah. like, indie... indie. Feel. Okay, this person made, like, a indie drama, give them a superhero movie. But, like, these workhorse veteran directors that have done every yeah. kind of genre... Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, so that, that that's who I was thinking. Who did you have? So my director also had, doesn't have a ton of experience. She uh, was primarily an actor for a long time. Uh, her name is Natalie Morales. She was in... Oh, she's from, um, she's, she's from Parks and Rec. For sure, yeah. She dated Tom in Parks and Rec. The Middleman, dueling genre favorite, The Middleman. I have um, the DVDs sitting on my shelf and I haven't watched it yet. Man, I haven't rewatched that show in like 15 years. But I remember really... That was like my introduction to her. And Nice. And then she directed this movie called Plan B that's available on HBO Max. That's like a road trip comedy about these two best friends that go on a road trip so that one of them can get an abortion because like they can't do it at the state that they're in. I remember hearing about that. And yeah, it was it was really funny and like a really good looking comedy, which is kind of rare nowadays of like. Uh -huh. And so, you know, far and away, this would be like the biggest movie because like that was like, her, I think her first Oh, she also made this, like, Duplass Brother movie, but I think it's just, like, a Skype movie. Nice. <laughs> but I just kind of threw it out there, because I just, like, I really like the sense of humor of Plan B, and so it kind of fit, kind of, like, it's a bit more, like, Judd apatow than, like, yeah. Adam Project-y. Uh-huh. So that's kind of, I think, I the might, main difference. I might push us a little bit more towards Tanya Hamilton, just because yeah. she needs to be able to direct action, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's something uh, that natalie morales has has done before mm -hmm. and i think that's important but if if she has directed action yeah. i'm all ears and kind of in the same way of like adrian palicky being a cool choice this director is a cool choice because it's like it would kind of have the aesthetic of like like a, a, like the black lightning or you know it would yeah. feel like you're watching like the real thing but then it's uh -huh. like funny cool all right great then let's go with her hell yeah so then let me take you through our cast Super ex-girlfriend. Uh, coming, 2023. <laughs> Jenny Johnson, a.k.a. G-Girl, would be played by a Adrian Palicki, Pala uh, Palicki, however she pronounces her name, she's the lead. We'll find out uh, later. You did it. <laughs> Matt Saunders will be played by uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Hannah Lewis will be Kelly Marie Tran. Professor Bedlam, a.k.a. Barry, is Emma Stone. Vaughn Haig is Elliot Page. Carla Dunkirk will be Kirby Howell-Baptiste. All of this will be written by Kumail Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, and then directed by Tanya Hamilton. I'd see that. I don't know if anyone can hear that, uh, that siren, but that siren means that we did a good movie! G-Girl is on the scene. Yeah! That was weirdly timed. <laughs> awesome! Yeah. I'm hyped about this. This is a good cast and crew. 
yeah, I I want to watch this movie. Hell yeah. Because the other one was so bad. The other one hurt. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, thank you, Nick, so much for A, forcing me to watch this movie, <laughs> yeah. and then helping me remake it in a way that I like. It's something greater. Yeah. Uh, so tell everybody about all of the many things that you yourself are doing. Uh, well, we are uh, we're in the middle of franchiseography. I think, depending on when this episode comes out, our Pirates of the Caribbean episodes will be coming out. This uh, episode will probably come out uh, May. Oh, okay. Well, then franchiseography will probably be taking a nice long nap. And Good for you. You deserve it. Yeah. And also our other shows deserve attention. So the Doctor's Companion will be coming back exciting we'll be we'll be like making that again full speed and then also we're tentatively we're really really trying to uh get the final episodes of geek by night out yeah uh, during the summer so hopefully by the time you're listening to this we have more details about that it'll be our big summer blockbuster but for podcasts hell yeah no we're excited there's eight stories left each one is bigger and crazier than the last yes that's what we want yeah i'm really excited for everyone to hear them uh, and then do you have social medias you want people to follow or no? Yeah, at Nick M. Jimenez is my Twitter. Uh, I mostly just use it to promote podcasts these days. I've kind of, I don't like sharing opinions. <laughs> Can't no, imagine why. Yeah, no one needs to know what I thought of the Batman. It was uh, good. Check my likes. Yeah, there you go. That's enough of it. <laughs> good. If you're interested in following me, I'm at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter or follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram. Or the best thing you can do for Franchiseography, for The Doctor's Companion, for Geek by Night is to go online to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. It's the best thing that happens. It's how the, it's how Apple Podcasts promotes podcasts. It's mm-hmm. the best. And it. It genuinely doesn't take that long. It's always appreciated. Thank you. And you can leave ratings on Spotify now. You can, but fuck Spotify. Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I learned about that, and then I was like, oh, but oh. Right, yeah. But yeah. And then who knows about Tidal? Does Tidal, does Tidal have podcasts? Uh, it does, but I, you can't rate them. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then because I do remake as a dueling genre podcast, I try to promote another episode of or another episode another podcast on the dueling genre network every episode and this time i'm promoting the new republic archives hosted by gary robbie and tim garcia it's every other thursday and basically the hosts gary robbie and tim garcia are huge fans of star wars and are celebrating the full breadth of the extended universe one media property at a time so if there's an aspect of star wars that you want to hear about it and and you want to hear about it there there you go they're the ones talking about it so that that's it. New Republic Archives. It's a great Only show. A dueling genre. It's true. It's a great show. Tim and Tim and Gary are the best. They're so positive and full of love and making fun of stuff that's goofy. Yes, and I love it. Uh, cool. So then that only leaves us with one thing. So Nick, a thank you very much for being on this episode, and we'll end the way we always do. What is your favorite quote from my super ex girlfriend? I think there's a part. Where uh, he's looking at something, Luke Wilson, like his apartment or his car is on fire or something. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> Just the most like, yeah, Luke Wilson undersold line. Yeah. You saw it much Good. more recently than me. So you might actually remember real lines. I, I'm trying to think of a line I would be willing to repeat. I feel like it's got to be just one of the, like genuinely one of the things where it's like, 
Luke Wilson's car has been torn out of the garage. There's a massive hole there. And mm-hmm. the the parking garage attendant goes, do you have any idea who could have done this? And he goes, no. No, I don't. <laughs> That's good. Just dry Luke Wilson delivery. That's a good line. Cool. Okay, so one thing worked in that movie. <laughs> yes, we found it. <laughs> we found All right. It. We did it. We did. We put it into the podcast. <laughs>